That 23-man roster gave the Islanders an accruable cap space limit about 6500 bucks short of the 81.5. His wingspan is not going anywhere. I would just turn into guava jelly and plots and, and fall all over the place. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 114. That's 114 and hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday, and please go find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday, and also uh, please accept my thanks for tuning in uh, to this latest episode as we await the start of the Islanders' regular season. Uh, they open up on Thursday night at Carolina, which is actually the start of a 13-game road trip before UBS Arena at Belmont Park opens its doors to the Islanders and their fans on November 20th against the Calgary Flames. And as I sit here talking to you, uh, the bags are packed for Carolina, and uh, the, the, the Islanders' initial roster has been submitted to the league. And I sort of feel like between now and, and when I check into the hotel in, in Raleigh, there, there, there still may be some uh, uh, tinkering with the roster. And uh, yes, uh, folks, uh, I, I guess the good news is here, I, I do have my bags packed and I will be on the road uh, uh, we're going to try it out uh, to start. Uh, things getting back to normal, although the Islanders, as I've mentioned, are still only doing Zoom uh, press conferences. So we're going to try it out on the road and see what I get out of it and then reassess. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to be in arenas uh, for now, and uh, I'm excited to see some live hockey. And as I mentioned, the Islanders uh, did submit uh, their initial roster, uh, 23-man roster, and it was due to the league with the other 31 teams Monday at 5 p.m. And uh, true to his nature, Lou Lamarillo sort of Waited right until the end, a lot of flurry of uh, paperwork, really, because I'm sure all the agreements he had come to had been worked out well in advance. But for salary cap reasons and other business reasons and for competitive reasons, uh, Lou Lamarillo uh, really waiting until the very last minute. And and then even after this roster is submitted, there are going to be changes. And just uh, to review and to go over the roster that was submitted to the league, uh, it, 23 players, it wound up being the two goalies. And the two goalies were Ilya Sorokin and the prospect Jakub Skarek. Um, now, we all expect Corey Schneider to be the backup when the Islanders face the Hurricanes, since Semyon Varlamov is uh, still on injured reserve as he rehabs from the uh, unspecified soreness that has essentially kept him out of the preseason. Uh, he is skating, but really not uh, fully involved yet with practices, so he, he needs a little bit more ramp-up time. So... Farley starts the season on IR. Skarek starts, or at least on Monday, was the backup goalie. But in, in the interim, 
Uh, Corey Schneider's contract has been filed to the NHL, so Corey Schneider will dress as uh, Sorokin's backup on, on Thursday, and, and Skorek will wind up down with Bridgeport in the AHL, and I should mention uh, a little bit later on in the podcast, uh, before I get to some of your questions with Andrew's answers, we'll uh, do a little bit of a Bridgeport preview. Chris Lamarillo, Lou's son and the GM of the Bridgeport rebranded Islanders, uh, was on a Zoom teleconference today with, uh, and today being Tuesday, with the media. So uh, I'll play you some clips from uh, Chris Lamarillo talking about the upcoming Bridgeport and the upcoming AHL season uh, in a little bit. But first, uh, let's do the big boys, the varsity team, the Islanders. As I mentioned, uh, 23 players, Skorek on the initial roster. Corey Schneider's contract was filed on Tuesday, so he should be the backup to Sorokin, and he should remain with the Islanders until Varlamov is ready, in which case uh, then Schneider is will, uh, will go through waivers and uh, presumably be reassigned to Bridgeport, where I suspect him and uh, Skorak will be the goalie tandem going forward for the uh, uh, for the B Isles. But uh, so Sorokin and Skorak slash uh, uh, Schneider really to start the season on defense, eight defensemen to start, and that's Sebastian Ajo. And uh, we've talked many times on this uh, podcast last season when uh, Sebastian was was on the roster but never got a chance to play. Um, when I've seen him, I, I I I've thought this is a he's he's twenty five now. I, I think this is a a defenseman who has earned a chance at the NHL and and should be NHL ready. I I don't know whether he's ready to hop into the top six, but this is a player who really can't prove anything more at the AHL level and is ready to take his game to the NHL. So uh, we'll keep a, an eye on how Sebastian Ajo does and how much playing time he does, and I know I'll address that later on with some uh, Andrew's answers. Uh, go Just going alphabetically here, you got Sebastian Ajo's Dano Chara, uh, the future Hall of Famer, 44 years old, ageless, uh, and, and still quite large. Noah Dobson entering his third year as a pro. Andy Green, 38 years old, former Devils captain who has been a very serviceable player since uh, Lou Lamarillo acquired his uh, uh, his old player from the Devils uh, for the playoff stretch run. Uh, that would, would have been two seasons ago. And Thomas Hickey uh, is on the initial roster. And again, We'll see whether or not that's, uh, you know, kind of a shadow roster where uh, they needed Thomas Hickey up to start, maybe for uh, money purposes. And Sebastian Ajo will really be the uh, the seventh defenseman. And I'm not 100% convinced that the Islanders are going to be carrying eight defensemen. But Thomas Hickey here for now. Scott Mayfield, of course, and the top pair of Adam, uh, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak. And then uh, the forwards, and uh, again, only 13 forwards, um, not including Matt Martin, who's on the injured uh, non-roster right now. Um, so up front, you got Josh Bailey, Matthew Barzell, Anthony Beauvillier, Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, Ross Johnson, Leo Komarov. And again, whether Leo 
uh, is here for the long term, or whether he's here because he had three million in an annual average value on his contract, and the and the Islanders needed that money on the cap to start. And I'll explain that in a little bit. Um, that that remains to be seen there. Leo Komarov, Anders Lee, the captain who's back healthy after tearing his right anterior cruciate ligament against the Devils on March 11th, missing the rest of the regular season. And of course, the playoffs. Anders Lee is back. He he looked solid in his two uh, two uh, preseason games. A uh, couple of well, uh, three goals, right? Yep, two goals in the. Uh, Preseason finale against the Devils, uh, won uh, the game before in his in his preseason debut. So Anders Lee uh, doing what he, he he does when he's healthy. He's getting to the crease, and he also had a nice shot against the uh, uh, the Rangers. I'm sorry, did I say Devils? The Rangers in the preseason finale uh, with a really nice rip from the uh, left circle um that beat Alec uh, Georgiev um you go on you got uh, Brock Nelson, JG Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, Zach Parisi and yes Oliver Wallstrom who uh is or should be amongst the top 12 and I know uh we debated that on the last uh podcast cuz Wallstrom did not need uh, waivers to go down to Bridgeport. And one of the players I'm not talking about, of course, is uh, Matt Martin, who I said is uh, on the injured uh, non-roster list for now, getting very close. He, he, he will not be in the opening night lineup, but I, I suspect he'll be in the lineup uh, at some point uh, soon. Uh and uh, Semyon Varlamov, not sure of a timetable on him, but the team keeps saying he's getting close, and it's kind of been precautionary on, on how slow they're taking it with Varley. But uh, uh, Martin and Varlamov, not on the initial roster. Neither is Kiefer Bellows. Um, and, and the way they lined up uh, in that preseason finale against the Rangers is pretty much the way we we expect them to line up against the Hurricanes on Thursday and to, to go down the four four lines and the three D pairs. Uh, that would be Anders Lee, Matthew Barzell, and Kyle Palmieri as your top line to start. Uh, the old all the old reliable uh, Brock Nelson between Anthony Beauvillier and Josh Bailey, and then you got Pajot on the third line, centering that again with Zach Parisi on the left and Wallstrom on the right. And then the Casey Sezikis identity line with Cal Clutterbuck. And for now, Ross Johnson filling in for uh, Matt Martin, or at least that's the way we expect him to start defensively. Pelic Pulak, of course. Uh, Andy Green is expected to start with Scott Mayfield. And uh, Green's former uh, partner, Noah Dobson, is expected to start with uh, Zdeno Chara. And Ilya Sorokin will be in net on Thursday in Carolina, and that will uh, snap Semyon Varlamov's streak of starting uh, for his teams uh, in 10 straight seasons uh, for the opening game. Uh, 
to say that a little more clearly, Simeon Varlamov has a streak of 10 straight seasons where he was the opening night goalie. That will be snapped this season, and that was uh, uh, seven, uh, I believe, seven seasons there with, uh, er, well, anyway, uh, he was with the, uh, with the Avalanche before the Islanders. So 10 seasons between the Islanders and the Avalanche uh, that will be snapped in uh, that 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 until it's snapped. That is the second longest streak or the second longest current active streak in the NHL uh, behind Jonathan Quick of the Los Angeles Kings, who has started twelve straight openers. And for that, those fun facts, I think Eric thank Eric Hornick, uh, the Islanders team statistician extraordinaire. I don't know how Eric does it all the time, but he comes up with some really good stuff. And uh, I mentioned contracts that were being filed. So, uh, and this is uh, per the uh, the invaluable cap friendly. Um, love those guys. Love the work they do. Puckpedia does a really good job too. If you're looking to uh, uh, find contract information and uh, uh, so, um, per, per cap friendly, Corey Schneider is in on a one-year two-way contract, meaning he'll earn 750000 or that's the cap charge in the NHL, and in the AHL, he's making 500000 and per cap friendly, the 500 k in the AHL uh, matches the highest uh, AHL season. Uh, a salary this season for a, a two-way deal. Kiefer Bellows, who uh, you'll notice I did not mention amongst the initial roster, signs a one-year, one-way contract for $750,000. Um, and the same can be said of Anatoly Golishev and Michael Dalcal. All three, Dalcal, Golishev, and Bellows on one-year, one-way contracts for seven fifty. Dalcal was placed on waivers. The idea that he'll be reassigned to Bridgeport. Golishev will be with Bridgeport as well. Um, and Bellows, I'm I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm I'm not quite sure what what they're going to do. Richard Panic, who I thought played really well in the preseason, and I thought was going to have one of those extra roster uh, forward spots, is with Bridgeport. So. If there are 14 forwards, it, it certainly seems like there's a spot for Kiefer Bellows here. And uh, again, to get to 14 forwards, you, you're going to have to get down to seven defensemen. And that's why I feel like uh, Thomas Hickey, who's already cleared waivers, is going to wind up probably being sent down to Bridgeport. And that way, Kiefer Bellows will be able to uh, remain with the Islanders. That, that's the way I project it. We'll probably know that uh, at some point Wednesday. So I'm sorry if I'm not giving you the freshest information and you're going to have to look that up. But, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll make it up to you somehow this season. It's a long season. I'll do you a solid at some point. But So the, the, the reason that Thomas Hickey... And and Leo Komarov are on the roster to start. And again, I mentioned uh, Leo Komarov has a $3 million uh, cap charge. And what you're trying to do is you are trying to get as close to that $81.5 million 
salary cap ceiling as possible with your initial roster. It's called the accruable cap space limit. Basically, you're setting your salary cap ceiling for the season uh, with what the the paperwork you're doing with that initial roster. So uh, getting Leo Komarov's uh, contract onto that initial roster was uh, very important to get towards the 81.5 million cap ceiling. Now, the, the Islanders, and this is again per cap friendly, that 23-man roster gave the Islanders an accruable cap space limit about 6500 bucks short of the 81.5. They're at uh, $81.493 million. So really, uh, if for all intents and purposes, Lou got them to the... million threshold, and that was keeping Leo Komarov on the roster with a $3 million cap charge, and that was also keeping Thomas Hickey on the the, uh, initial roster because he's got a $2.5 million cap charge for this season. So that that, that was $5.5 million right there, uh, getting towards the... uh, the $81.493 million. So the Islanders are, are set up well for the rest of the season because of that accruable, uh cap limit there. Um, you know, and it's, you know, I'm not, I am no capologist. Uh, I'm, I'm reading my notes here. I'm struggling to try and explain this stuff to you. If you really sat me down at a desk and, and, told me to come up with the Islanders 23-man roster, you know, the uh, uh, and maximize it for the cap, I, I would just turn into guava jelly and plots and, and fall all over the place. But luckily, we, we've got people like Cap Friendly and Puckpedia who, uh, who, who are experts at this and, and do figure this out. And also, Thomas Hickey and, uh, and Leo Komarov going into the final seasons of their deal uh, also – important to note. So, and also Johnny Boychuk, while we're finalizing uh, the money talk here, uh, Johnny Boychuk goes back on long-term injured reserve. So the Islanders can uh, spend uh, to the $6 million. That's That's Johnny Boychuk's uh, cap figure for this season. Um, they can spend that over the $81.5 million. I know this is all complicated, and, and, and frankly, it's not my strong point, but uh, doing my best here. And, uh, you know, Johnny Boychuk, uh, this, will, uh, this will be it for him. Um, his initial or his seven-year $42 million deal signed back on March 12, 2015, uh, that comes to a conclusion after this season, but uh, for this season, Johnny Boychuk, who is working again uh, in 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 management with Lou, um, the the six million goes to uh, uh, LTIR. Now, money aside, look, we all have our expectations for the Islanders this season. Uh, they get to the NHL semifinals in back-to-back seasons, uh, and, and that certainly leaves everyone thinking there should be more. But as I wrote in my season preview, this is a Stanley Cup or bust season. And uh, you know Barry Trotz owned up to that when he was talking to the media on Tuesday, and I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due, uh, 
Christian Arnold, our, our friend at uh, New York Hockey Now, because he was asking Barry Trotz about the expectations this season, and, and Barry Trotz owned up to it and said, yeah, that nothing short of going to the cup final this season is going to suffice in terms of those expectations. So here is Barry Trotz on the Islanders and the expectations for this coming season. I think it's business as usual. I think there's going to be more, you know, a little bit more pressure, I would say, because, you know, people expect you to, to, um, you know, to do well. And if you, you don't get off to a good start that, you know, everybody starts questioning everything. I think we're built for, for the playoffs. And I, I think it's going to be a, a grind for us to get to the playoffs. But once we get to the playoffs, I think we're built that way. Uh, the, the regular season doesn't always play out as a, you know, playoff style, uh, you know, game. Uh, it just isn't. It's different uh, during the regular season than it is in playoffs. So, uh, our our focus has to be on just the, the task at hand, be it uh, uh, the game at hand or the week at hand, and nothing past that, and just sort of put our noses down and, and grind away like we, we we have the last couple of years, get in the playoffs, and then uh, try to make our try to make our mark. Uh, this group has been very diligent uh, uh, about uh, trying to make their mark. Uh, you know, we've had. A great history to fall back on with this organization, with the the glory years. But there's been also some uh, some choppiness to the organization in the in the, in the last probably 20 some years. So um, I think that's stabilized. I think this group uh, feels very proud of what they're they're starting to build. And you know, as they said, you know, there's unfinished business. Our unfinished business is we've got to take the next step, be it getting to the you know, to the finals or winning Stanley Cup. Um, anything at a, a, or below that is going to be considered a, a failure with within the probably the group, um, you know, uh, probably myself and and probably uh, you know the, the fan base. So there, there's there's internal pressure, there's uh, external pressure, and and we're mature enough to to handle it. It's a it's you know there's a privilege to be you know get this extra pressure. It's like you know. Being in the playoffs, it's a, it's a privilege to be in the playoffs. There's nothing given. I mean, I can't tell you how this season's going to play out. Um, but if we stay healthy and we play to our, our close to our ceiling all year, I, I feel very comfortable with our hockey team. But that doesn't how it, that's not how it plays out. That's not how the books are written in this league. Um, what you think is going to be uh, a strength might be a weakness. Um, all those things you may you may go through stretches where it's just not happening for you, um, and it's 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 you've got to get through it mentally and physically. So I can't tell you how it's going to play out, but I, I do know that uh, you know if we can get to the to the playoffs, I think there's 12 really good hockey teams in in the uh, in our conference, and there's only eight spots. So you know uh, it, every point's going to matter. I mean I I can't tell you how important a uh, you know a you know, we look at the exhibition game. You know, the other day we were trailing the uh, the Rangers, and we we got a, you know a point if it was a regular season by scoring a real late six on five goal. I mean that in the regular season that might be the difference between getting in the playoffs and 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 not. And um, that's the the uh, the rub of it. There's just so many good teams. 
And and you gotta love when a, a coach is just honest like that. You could have talked around it, and you know I know all all teams have the goal of winning the Stanley Cup, but uh, you know Barry didn't need to you know spell it out as he did. But I I, I am happy he did because uh, I, I think that's just being realistic. Um, look, everything is pointing in one direction for this team. You you've got the you know three straight playoff appearances, two straight appearances in the uh, in the Stanley Cup uh, semifinals, um, losing to the the Cup champion Lightning two straight years. The last time this franchise made the playoffs in four straight seasons, you got to go really back to to the dynasty years. Um, they they made the playoffs every year from 1975 to 1988. But they have not made it uh, uh, four straight seasons in any time since. So, uh, you know, certainly uh, I I think the Islanders should be in the playoffs. As you heard Barry say, it's not going to be easy to get there. Um, And you heard him explain that this is a team really built more for the playoffs maybe than the regular season. Still, you know, looking at the Metropolitan Division, and again, we discussed it on last week's uh, uh, episode 113 with uh, Colin Stevenson as the guest. Um, you got to figure the Islanders are, are the favorite to win the Metropolitan Division um, for, you know, at the very least, uh, if they're going to be a, a cup contender uh, favorite there. Um, so, uh, again, uh, the, those are the expectations for the season. That's uh, uh, how the how the uh, roster looks for now. And again, uh, as I said, I, I expect uh, Kiefer Bellows uh, to be on the initial roster for Thursday and Corey Schneider will be on that roster for Thursday. And I, I think Thomas Hickey will be the odd defenseman out as they go 14 forwards and seven defensemen instead of 13 and eight as was submitted to the league. And the, again, that's just my pro- projections and you know how tough the play play along with Lou from home game is um Lou is uh Lou's always uh got something up his uh suit sleeve so uh but but that's that's what I'm expecting and uh, uh speaking of Lou Lamarillo as I mentioned uh Bridgeport gets going here uh this weekend as well uh the rebranded Bridgeport Islanders and uh, Lou's son Chris is the Bridgeport general manager, and uh, uh, it will be a, a much different season here uh, for for Bridgeport. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing that Bridgeport's finally going to get back to the playoffs here, um, but last season uh, because of the COVID nineteen pandemic, and let me just uh, wow. So uh, I'm about 25 minutes into this podcast, and that's the first time I've said the words COVID-19, and I think that that's a record since the pandemic starts. I usually get my COVID-19 mention in way before the 25-minute mark, so I I don't know whether that's a sign of better times, but uh, I I certainly hope so. Um, Last season, if you remember, Bridgeport and Hartford, the Rangers AHL affiliate, and the Providence Bruins were a three-team division, and they just played each other over and over and 
over again until each team got to 24 games. There was no uh, postseason for any of those teams. They opted out of any postseason action. Uh, so they just had those 24 games. Um, this season, uh, Bridgeport will be playing a 72-game season, and that will be the case for them uh, going forward from here. So, and, and they're not just playing Hartford and Providence. They're, they're, they're playing other teams, which I'm sure everyone will be uh, relieved and happy to do. Uh, Bridgeport opens its season, and I know I just mentioned they're playing other teams, but of course they open Friday at Hartford, and then on Saturday they're at Providence. But but after that, then they play three straight games against Springfield, two of them on the road. Uh, they play them Sunday, and then they they play them again on October 27th back at Springfield before their home opener at Webster Bank Arena on October 23rd. They also host the Laval Rocket on October 24th. So, uh, uh, again, a little bit more variety. Um, And and one big change uh, with with Bridgeport is uh, Brent Thompson remains the coach. Um, But the the Islanders bring in uh, the Devils' former AHL coach, and, uh, and he also served some time as the Devils' assistant, Rick Kowalski. Um, as as Brent Thompson's top lieutenant, and uh, uh, Kowalski has a, an incredible reputation both in the AHL and and certainly within the Devils organization, and uh, uh, the the Lamarillos know him very well. Yeah, hire Rick Kowalski, and and of course, you know, it, it's easy to speculate that he's been brought in to uh, eventually uh, succeed Brent Thompson as. Uh, the Bridgeport coach, and uh, I'm not saying that that can't happen, but, uh, you know, I also got to know uh, Rick Kowalski uh, while I was on the Devil's Beat, and I, I can tell you Rick Kowalski is certainly no backstabber. He's he's about as quality people as you can get, so I know he will play to his role, and he will do everything he can to to help Brent Thompson uh, make this a a competitive season for the Bridgeport Islanders. And uh, as I mentioned, we have some sound clips from uh, Chris Lamarillo, and and we're going to start with uh, kind of define the differences in building a roster, uh, an AHL roster, facing a full season as compared to last season's 24-game schedule. I, I think there were differences. Uh, I think, number one, you always have to react to what the NHL team is preparing for roster-wise. You want to make sure you compli- uh, complement that. But there's no question last year complicated the build because when you looked at when we decided the games that we were going to play and with the number only being 24, you took a much more developmental approach to that season. And, uh, you know, we, we – worked on some things early. We didn't have maybe the result that we wanted early. It took us some time to figure out how to manage the day-to-day. We weren't able to meet in person. We had to do a lot of what we're doing right now. So there, there was some time that we took to that. We also didn't have maybe the same resources that we had the prior season with, uh, you know, you had a taxi squad. 
So you had some, some players that were not playing as much on that squad. And then you had other players here that we had around because you needed to have some extra numbers day to day because of the protocol. So this year there was a much more normal approach to the, well, I shouldn't say much more normal, but there would have been a more normal approach to the off season in hopes of playing a full season with playoffs, competing for a championship and supporting the, the, the NHL team, uh, as best as we could. No, one of the more interesting players who's going to be on uh, the Bridgeport Islanders uh, roster here is uh, defense prospect Samuel Bulldock, who uh, who was not able to participate in uh, any of the Islanders' preseason games. He was dealing with soreness that kept him out of most of training camp. He did get on the ice with the Islanders right towards the end before he was reassigned with Bridgeport. He's now practicing with Bridgeport. Uh, he's got to finish up his rehab and, and get into game shape. So uh, uh, no timeline exactly on when Samuel Bulldog will will actually get into a game, but it, it shouldn't be long uh, before he's playing with the Bridgeport Islanders. And, and again, he's one of the real bright prospects in this uh, organization on defense. Big body. He's got a really good shot from the point that he's not afraid to take. The the times I've seen him in prospect camps and and in you know training camps or when I've seen him on the ice, to me he really clears the crease area pretty well. Uh, I know they want to work on his defensive game a little bit, but again, a big shot and a, a real promising future. Um, so he's he's certainly one player. That is, uh, we're going to keep an eye on uh, this season in the AHL. And uh, here's Chris Lamarillo talking about uh, what the expectations and uh, and Samuel Bolduck's development this season. Well, first of all, Samuel did practice with us today, uh, which was a great sign. He had been skating uh, the last number of days in Long Island, uh, but was able to practice with us today. Uh, I think he, he feels good right now. And now it's just managing how quickly he can get into, you know, competitive shape. Uh, and we'll just evaluate that day to day. I think today was a great start to that. Uh, developmentally, we're just looking for him to build off what he, he started with, uh, last year in his first year of pro. Uh, it was unfortunate he missed time in training camp, but that happens. And, um, you know, right now the, the good part was he was able to practice today and, uh, we'll look forward to tomorrow. Now, another defenseman who did get to participate in the Islanders training camp, um, Robin Sallow opened some eyes in training camp uh, coming over. This is his first season in North America after playing over in Sweden with Orbro. Uh, He's a Finnish uh, defenseman, shoots left, another big body around uh, 6'2", touching on 195, probably get to 200 pounds at some point. Good skater, good on-ice presence. He's a guy that, uh, you know, obviously Samuel Bolduck is a, is a big-time prospect, but I, I think uh, Robin Sallow is, is certainly right along the same lines. He was a second-round pick in 2017. He's 23, and, and he's been playing professional hockey, uh, you know, over in Sweden. So I, I asked Chris Lamarillo, whether Salo maybe is a is a player the Islanders could be looking up, looking at as a, as a midseason call up. Well, I, I think what Robin did 
did, and, and along with a number of the other players, they, they created a very competitive camp for us. We had six NHL exhibition games. I think the coaches did a great job of trying to prepare um, each player in each lineup as well as they could. Unfortunately, we missed one game uh, due to extenuating circumstances in Newark. But I think Robin certainly uh, positioned himself well for turning uh, pro with us and coming over last year. Uh, we're looking forward to, uh, you know, getting to know him each day as well as we can. And I think it's really up to him. It's up to him how you know, quickly things can progress. We know that he's a young player who's transitioning from uh, the European game, and uh, we're going to get him as ready as quickly as we can, but we're not going to rush anything. Uh, there's no question the abilities that he has, and we're looking forward to, uh, you know, getting him in the lineup. And, uh, and going from there. And, and we'll take his lead and he'll take our lead on how quickly all this can happen. And another prospect who uh, who's going to get uh, a lot of time here in Bridgeport. Um, he played all 24 games uh, for Bridgeport last season, uh, and that was his second season in the AHL. That's uh, Simon Holmstrom, uh, who was the 23rd overall pick by the Islanders in 2019, as Lou conducted, uh, you know, uh, Lou went to Sweden to uh, pick up Simon Holmstrom. Um, so what, what what can be expected of Simon Holmstrom this season? I mean, obviously the, uh, the answer is, as always, you want to see another year of development, um, he's, he's 20 years old now and uh, other, other players who are 20 who are in that draft or, or, have gotten to the NHL. So he, he had four goals and three assists in 24 games last season, uh, for Bridgeport that that's not enough. He, he was a minus 14. And I know a lot of that was tied into, uh, the team performance. But more is expected of him, uh, you know, certainly uh, skating-wise, production-wise. He's a player that, you know, that the Islanders, let's face it, expect him to be pushing more for a roster spot. And, and he really didn't through training camp. So uh, I asked uh, Chris Lamarillo about Simon Holmstrom's prospects for this season and uh, whether he does need to, uh, you know, this is the time to show himself as more of a, a legitimate contender uh, to to make that push for the NHL. Well, I think, like you said, first of all, he's very young still. You, you look at these players and you look at the, the talents and the abilities that they have, which he, no question, is as talented, uh, you know, on and off the ice. He's, he's a, 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 you know, a hockey talent, and he's also a, a talented person. And I think when you look at what he's gone through, this first year pro, you know, coming over and playing at 18, which is is unique, as you know, uh, to play in the American League as he did, to have his season interrupted like everyone else did in March, and then to not play for the period of time and, and basically participated in a very abbreviated season, he's still young. Uh, on the ice, not only in number, as you said, in 20. So I, I, I think that every day, you know, Simon grows uh, older uh, on and off the ice. I think he's more comfortable with the style of play that is here at this moment. And I think he's ready uh, for more responsibility, which we're hoping to give him. And I think that's really going to dictate uh, 
the timing in which uh, opportunity will be afforded to him, Andrew, is the, the responsibility and how quickly, you know, he's able to adjust and, and deal with that responsibility. And, and I think he's on the cusp of being ready for more and more of it. I think he showed that in camp. I think that, um, you know, the type of uh, responsibility he was given, whether it was power play, whether it was playing, you know, on a certain line with certain people, uh, that you see the involvement uh, in this game. And I've seen it in camp. I've seen him, you know, do some things that, you know, he wasn't doing last year. So, you know, for me, I think it's just natural maturation. And we have to be very careful with these young players on and off the ice not to rush them and, and, and give them the responsibility that they, they show us they're ready for. So uh, I'm looking forward to the start of the season for him and, and, and the rest of the players. And, um, Again, we'll, we'll take the pace that he shows us he's most ready for. And finally, uh, uh, talking about, you know, prospects and uh, bigger, you know, big-time uh, selections, the Islanders' first pick uh, in this uh, this year's draft was Atu Rati, uh, not in the first round. Islanders didn't have a first-round pick. Uh, he got picked 52nd overall. A lot of people think he really, you know, the Islanders got a steal there. He fell a lot further than people expected. Some thought he might get picked, you know, anywhere 15 through 25, maybe 30 in the first round. But uh, he did not go in the first round. He's back with uh, Karpat in uh, in Finland. Uh, I know there was some consternation about him uh, being a healthy scratch when he got back. Uh, to Finland to play, um, but look, he, he certainly looked good in the preseason for the Islanders and in training camp. Maybe not the, the you know the greatest skater of all time, but he certainly gets himself into position, and uh, he's a guy that uh, it seems like he's going to give you some some really good offensive production uh, when he gets his game. Uh, brings it over to North America. And I did ask Chris Lamarillo uh, about the chances of the Islanders organization bringing Aturati uh, over to North America after his finished season ends. And uh, here's Chris Lamarillo's response to that question. You know, I think with every player that we have on the reserve list, uh, Andrew, we look for that potential at some point. Uh, he was assigned back to his team. That was part of... Uh, you know, the process in training camp, we were very fortunate to have him come over and participate in what he did. Uh, we'll be closely monitoring everything that he does do uh, when he's not with us and uh, look forward to whatever his next days, uh, you know, in New York or, or here in Bridgeport might be. So that potential uh, we'll certainly um, hope to have. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to that whenever it is. But absolutely, that's a potential down the road. And like I said, with all the players that are on our reserve list that are currently either in New York or in, in Bridgeport right now. So there you have it. Chris Lamarillo speaking about Bridgeport. And uh, again, we'll be checking in with them uh, uh, time to time through the season. Um, and uh, uh, from there, uh, I guess... Uh, uh, it's time for me to, uh, scroll through your questions and give you some Andrew's answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's answers. And thank you everybody for submitting the questions here. We'll start with Jay Mersh, 
oh, who says, what is your real take on Zdeno Chara? Uh, not impressed with his preseason play personally. Teams know how we work now. Will he and Green be able to keep up with this first full season in two years? And uh, look, I, I would not gauge Dano Chara on on the preseason. He's he's 44. He certainly knows how to pace himself, and he knows how to get himself ready. Um, I don't think the preseason is necessarily going to be a harbinger of what you get in the regular season at his Dano Chara. And look, you know, it, it, it's not even an elephant in the room. It, the guy is 44. The Bruins moved on from him, uh, you know, two seasons ago after he was the Bruins captain for 14 seasons. They had, they made the uh, decision that they were going in a different direction. Thought he had a pretty pretty decent season for the Capitals last season. He averaged more than 18 minutes. I, I don't think he's going to average that much with the Islanders. First of all, Barry does spread out the ice time a little bit. Um, but if, if he's paired with Dobson, I, I could see that pair, you know, getting maybe 15 minutes a game or so. Um, you know, he's going to be used on the penalty kill. And look, his his wingspan is not going anywhere. And he is still a serious impediment to forwards trying to get around him on the walls. Now, yeah, he's 44. Uh, he was never the fastest skater to begin with. He, he's probably lost a half step to a step at, at the very least. Um, so there are going to be times when he, you know, skaters may be able to get around him, but uh, you know, in terms of speed. But he he still has that that weapon of 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 his size that makes it very difficult. An incredibly smart player. He's going to help Noah Dobson immensely. Um, both on and off the ice. And and again, I'm not too worried about his preseason play. Ask me that question after the first month and a half of the season. I mean, if he's really struggling, then, you know, then I'll tell you so. But I'm not going to say anything based on, uh, you know, what was it, a couple of preseason games. And uh, as far as playing 82 games, and let me just I'll read the next six questions together because it's sort of all the same theme and it and also uh, kind of ties into what Jay Mersch was asking. Uh, Claudia says, can the Islanders survive with a 44-year-old Chara and a 38-year-old Green, both in their top six? Who is the first call-up between Hutton, Sallow, and Bolduck? Uh, NV79 says, do you foresee the Islanders ever going with 11 forward 7D lineup, particularly with both Char and Green in the top six to ease theirs, uh, or Aho, Salo, Dobson's, whoever's minutes? Uh, they went to essentially 5D at times in the playoffs, and it's a long season. Dan Hausman asks, any sense that Parisi, Char, and some of the older guys will be getting regular scratches to keep them fresh for the playoffs? Rick Stark asks, how often would you guess that we will see the seventh D in the lineup just to spell Chara and or Green? And uh, John Santa Maria asks, will Hickey and Ajo get enough playing time or will they ride Chara as much as possible? 
And I'll throw one more out. That's PJA9 says, how long do we think the leash is for Parisi, Chara, and Green? Any chance at all that Bellows, Salo, or someone unexpected passes those guys on the depth chart this season? Now, I'll start, I guess, at the end. And yeah, uh, I think it's certainly a possibility that a, a Bellows or a Salo can work their way, or, or I should even say uh, a Sebastian Ajo can work themselves into uh, uh, some more playing time. And look, we, we all know that the Islanders are not going to go through 82 games with their top six defensemen going injury-free through the 82 games. At some point, there's going to be an injury to a defenseman, and that that's when that 7th and 8th Ds come in. I, I think uh, Sebastian Ajo will get the first crack at the lineup, uh, depending on how Robin Sallow does down in Bridgeport. I, I think you know he could be a possibility later in the season, although I'm sure they want to give him as much seasoning as possible. And yeah, Grant Hutton, I I I think they like him a lot, and he's 26, and uh, he could certainly serve uh, in more of that extra defenseman role. Um, now, as far as like Charon Green getting regular time off, I, I'm not so sure that that's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me, you know, back ends of back-to-backs or those stretches, you know, three and four or four and six. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Barry and the staff has a, has a very good uh, sense of uh, rest and recovery and what the, the players are going to need. And look, if you ask Andy Green and Steno Char, they're never going to want to come out of the lineup. And I, I don't think it's just them. You know, you could... You could give Scotty Mayfield a night off here and there. I, I think the only players who are going to, you know, legit just stay stay in the lineup, regard, you know, unless they get injured, would be that top pair of Pelican Pulak. I think you pencil those two in uh, for all 82 if they're healthy. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I could see some time off uh, here and there. Uh, for for some of your other legs here, especially uh, to get Sebastian Ajo some time if, if they feel like uh, uh, that's the way they want to go. As far as the first call-up between Hutton, Sallow, and Bolduck, I, I would think Hutton, uh, just because uh, they're probably going to want to keep Sallow and Bolduck, uh, you know, if it's a call-up, you know, one or two-game thing, I, I, I think, you know, Hutton might get the first call. Um, as far as going 11 forwards and 7D, that, that's not something that Barry has done much uh, with the Islanders. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. You, you, you kind of ease the minutes there for the defense. Um, but you know what? Barry rotates, uh, you know, rolls his four lines as much as possible. Now, if you're telling me, you know, two-thirds of the identity line is injured, uh, then yeah, I, I could certainly see 11 and 7. But, you know, as long as you got a functioning Sezikis, Clutterbuck, uh, Martin, Johnson, you know, it'll be Martin soon enough. As, as long as you got that that line functioning well, uh, I, I would think Barry would try and roll the, the, the four lines as much as possible. Um, yeah, let's see if there's anything I missed in that uh, no, I, I think uh, 
I think I, I got to your questions there. Isles Rule asks, will Bellows be on the team or go to Bridgeport? Also, uh, uh, will more cap space open up soon with the injured players on LTIR? And I think I'm not going to try and explain finances again. I, I still have a headache from my first attempt at it. But uh, uh, again, the, the Islanders set themselves up nicely at the 81.5 million, just 6,500 short of that as, as basically their cap ceiling for the season. And then uh, you got Johnny Boychuk, six million on LTIR. So the Islanders are set up fairly well uh, in terms of the salary cap. And, uh, and just to repeat, I, I think Bellows will wind up with the team uh, when, when Lou kind of uh, finalizes his final roster for the, for the opening night. I, I think we're, we're seeing that Bellows is, is going to be here to start. Uh, who knows? By the time you listen to this, Lou may have done something completely 180 to what I'm saying. So if that's the case, I apologize. Um, but I am expecting Bellows to be here as an extra forward and Thomas Hickey to not be here as an extra D-man as they go with 14 and 7. But right now it's at 13 and 8. Um Jeff, looking ahead, says, what D-man will the Islanders trade for at the deadline? And I will, uh, I'll double down on that. Johnny Pajamas asked me, can you see a Leo Komarov and a pick uh, going to Detroit uh, to reacquire Nick Letty at the deadline? And, uh, and the reason that is being asked is uh, Nick Letty is one of those... Uh, uh, players who, uh, one of those defensemen who is coming up towards the end of a contract. So, you know, could you, could you bring him in? Uh, I, I guess anything is possible. The Islanders certainly like Nick Letty, but I, I'll tell you the truth. I, I don't see any reason for, uh, you know, I mean, it would have to be a pretty decent pick, uh, that Lou sends the other way. I don't think Leo's moving the needle, uh, especially since he's an impending UFA for, for Detroit whatsoever. Um, but, you know, uh, th- there's some familiarity. Lou, as you've seen, uh, likes familiarity. I mean, uh, he's brought in Kyle, you know, Kyle Palmieri, and he's brought in Andy Green, and Corey Schneider is here, and Zach Parisi is here. And even, you know, from his Toronto days, Dimitro Timoshev, is here. Um, so, you know, I, I, there's a certain sort of logic to that. I, I don't necessarily see, a, you know, a Nick Letty redo, uh, redux or part two here uh, with the Islanders. But I, I'm not saying, Johnny Pajamas, that your logic is faulty there uh, at all. As far as you know, what defensemen might be available around the trade deadline, well, uh, depending on whether the Devils are in it or not, uh, they got P.K. Subban, and he's in his last year. Um, so I, I think if, if if the Devils are not in playoff contention, and I'll be honest, even if they are, I, I think they would look try and look to move P.K. Subban uh, to a playoff contender. I, I just don't know how much 
P.K. Subban is going to help teams at this point, and, and I don't see P.K. Subban uh, fitting in with the Islanders. Some of the other guys out there, uh, Chris Letang, well, I, I, Pittsburgh's not trading Chris Letang uh, as a rental to the Islanders. That's just not happening. Um, Mark Giordano, um, Anton Strawman is, is an interesting one. Uh, he's out in Arizona. He's always useful. Um, I don't think Philadelphia is going to trade Rasmus Ritzelainen, uh to the Islanders unless they've really fallen out of it. Um, another guy that I think the Islanders did have some interest in, um, Alex Goligoski. He's in Minnesota this season. Um, you know, maybe the Islanders revisit that. Uh, Danny DeKaiser could be moved uh, around the... Uh, uh, the trade deadline, uh, Toronto, are they going to look to move Morgan Riley? Um, and would Brendan Shanahan, uh, do business with Lou, uh, in, in that case? And, uh, you know, maybe you're looking at a Hampus Lindholm. Uh, I, 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 no one certainly expects the Anaheim Ducks to, uh, uh, to compete. So maybe you can bring Lindholm in as a rental, but those are some of the names that, you know, I'm not saying the Islanders are going to be trading for any or all of those guys, but those are the names you're going to start hearing around the trade deadline. Um, let's see. Danielle Pedrazoli says, uh, uh, Trotz hinted about Lou working the phones, any additional expected trades. And, uh, you know, I, I go back to what I said last week, uh, knowing what a loyal guy uh, Lou is. I, I think if there's another team that wants Thomas Hickey at the NHL level uh, and made Lou an offer, I, I, I'm not I'm not convinced Lou wouldn't do Thomas Hickey a solid at this point. But uh, uh, no inside knowledge of that. Um, Domenico JJ says, what happens to Uncle Leo when Martin is ready? Um, B. Isles? And yeah, that that's certainly, uh, and we've talked about this too. We all know how much Lou and Barry and the teammates love Uncle Leo, but uh, this may be the season where just, you know, you, you want to keep a Kiefer Bellows instead. And uh and uh, maybe a, a Ross Johnson. So uh, Uncle Leo may get squeezed here. And, uh, you know, no one's going to claim him on waivers. So they, they could send him down to Bridgeport. Um, Hunter says, is Leo finally a thing of the past? I'm not ready to declare Leo finally a thing of the past. But uh, as you, you heard me mention, he might get squeezed here. And I, I, I certainly don't see the Islanders offering Leo Komarov another contract and, and nothing against Leo. I, I just think, um, you know, there's a there's a numbers. It's a numbers game. And I think Leo is sort of uh, on the other side of it uh, in terms of that numbers game. Uh, Matt says is if Ross Johnson does well on the fourth line to start the season, does Lou look to move Martin's contract to help bring in a trade deadline acquisition? And uh, anything's possible, but I don't think that's possible. <laughs> um, I, I don't think, you know, they just re-signed Casey Sezikis for four seasons, uh, for, for, for six seasons. Um, yes, Cal Clutterbuck's deal is up after this season, 
but uh, I don't think they re-signed Matt Martin uh, and Casey Sezikis to trade Matt Martin. I, I just don't see that. Um, Islanders1277 says, with Anders Lee back, any chance he starts taking all the face-offs for that line since Barzell is, is terrible on draws? And no, he's not going to take all the face-offs. Uh, and that line, you got a righty-lefty situation there, so you're going to maximize, you know, who takes what in the left circle and who take it, takes in the right circle. I did notice in preseason, Anders Lee was taking, uh, you know, uh, a, a good share of the face-offs, but he's never going to take all the face-offs for that line. Um, let's see, here's... Here's a good question that I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to give you a 100% correct answer on. But Ian Katerina asks, how were the unsigned players able to play in preseason games? This seems like a tactic that will be copied by other GMs to prevent having to send players through waivers. I agree with you. Um, it was... Uh, sort of like everyone was on a PTO there, right? Um, you know, I know Eric Gustafson uh, wound up re-signing with Chicago after a solid camp with the Islanders, and uh, he said the Islanders did not have the salary cap space to re-sign him, and I think that is correct. Um, but yeah, you, you're talking about uh, quote unquote, you know, Corey Schneider and Michael Dalcall and Anatoly uh, Golishev and. Uh, uh, who am I missing? You know, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, uh, Kiefer Bellows, all those quote unquote unsigned players were able to play in the preseason games. Uh, I'm pretty sure it had to do with the fact that they all had agreements well in advance. And I agree that Lou, this is a case of maybe uh, Lou being a little bit smarter. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if other GMs start copying what, what Lou did with that. Um, Brian Dollard says with Bellows and Schneider signings now official, I'd have to imagine Skorak and Hickey have been assigned to Bridgeport as of me speaking into this microphone. Uh, it's one forty-five in the morning right now. Um, uh, that has not become official, but yes, uh, Skorak is going to go to Bridgeport. So Corey Schneider will travel with the Islanders to Carolina and, as I've mentioned, I think Hickey, who's already cleared waivers, goes to Bridgeport just so uh, you, you keep Bellows up here and you wind up with 14 forwards and seven defensemen. Um, Doc Ed says uh, Corey Schneider is going to be the backup, I assume, but the current roster lists correct, who, based on last year, doesn't seem ready for prime time. Tell me that either Varley is back or Schneider is the backup. Well, Schneider is the backup for all the reasons I just mentioned, and Varlama, Varlamov is not yet back. So, uh, again, it was paperwork that Lou was doing, and that that's all you got to worry about. Jonathan S. says... What are the odds Corey Schneider starts a game for the Islanders, uh, the New York Islanders, not the Bridgeport Islanders? And um, I, I guess in an 82-game season, uh, there's a better chance that Corey Schneider starts a game for the Islanders. But uh, Barry Trotz has made it very clear that, you know, Ilya Sorokin, and, and Simeon Varlamov are his priority. Uh, if you tell me that Simeon Varlamov is 
going to be out through, I, I think the Islanders' first back-to-back is, uh, what is it, games five and six. They're at Arizona, and then the next night they're at Vegas. Um, and even then, I, I could see Ilya Sorokin getting both games if, if Varlamov is not available, because after that Vegas game, you've got, was it, four days off until the road trip resumes uh, at Nashville. Um so I, I don't think it's great, the odds that Schneider gets a start here for the Islanders, uh, at least within these first, you know, five, six games. Um, uh, at some point during the season, uh, I don't know, you, you, I, I'll put it maybe 5%, something like that. Uh, Thomas Boyle says, uh, now that Michael Dalcal has cleared waivers, does he report to Bridgeport? Uh, was his contract an AHL deal? No, it's a, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's a, a one-year, one-way deal in the NHL, but that doesn't mean he can't go to the AHL. Um, he'll just get paid his NHL salary. Um, so Michael Dalcall is going to get paid pretty well uh, to start the season at Bridgeport, I believe. Um Isles 47 asked me uh, whether I'm surprised nobody took a chance on Dalcal. And you know what? Everyone is trying to figure out their rosters right now and squeezing players in. And and, uh, for the amount of players that have been on waivers, it's actually only a handful that switch teams. So, no, I'm I'm not necessarily surprised that no one took a chance on Dalcal. Uh, Mikey Knapp says, uh, is Anatoly Golishev sticking around in Bridgeport or will he return to the KHL? And no, he's got a one-way deal. So he's going to make a, you know, make some decent money to play, uh, in the AHL to start. So, uh, he is not heading back to the KHL as best to, to my knowledge. And, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Ryan Meslioja says, uh, was there a contingency plan if the arena wasn't going to be, and that's UBS Arena, Belmont Park, if the arena wasn't going to be ready until, say, December? And I, I will answer it this way. There is always a contingency plan. Um, now, everything I've, I've been told, uh, and I, I again, I took a, another construction tour uh, within the past two weeks, Um they are 100% confident that those doors are opening not, not only on November 20th for the Islanders' first game, but there'll be a private uh, charity concert on November 19th. Um, but yeah, there, there had to be a contingency plan. Uh, I mean, you know, what if, what if the uh, construction supplies weren't available? What if uh, the pandemic suddenly took uh, another downturn and, and construction had to be ended? Um, I can't tell you exactly what the contingency plan was. I, I can tell you that it probably was not playing at Nassau Coliseum, uh, if if that was your question. Um, again, the Coliseum is now different management. Um, and as of right now, uh, if you notice, I don't think the doors are open at all. I, I think the next event's scheduled there uh it might be the New York Riptide when lacrosse gets going in December. Um, let's see. Frank D403 asks, is this Trotz's last year of his contract? And no, he's, uh, he's got, he, he signed a five-year deal with the Islanders. So he's got one more season after this. But I 
This is the season when you get Barry Trotz signed to an extension. Uh, you saw John Cooper just signed a three-year extension with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, now, whether the team ever announces it or not, or whether the news ever leaks out or not, I'm not guaranteeing that. But this season, if, if the Islanders want Barry Trotz to uh, remain, this is the season that they negotiate a contract extension with him. But no, he is he is also signed for next season. And uh, let's see, Straight Edge Travis from MySpace asks, uh, what is New York Islanders legend Eric Bolton up to these days? And uh, uh, as far as uh, the staff directory is Concerned, he is still a, a pro scout for this organization. So uh, I haven't seen Eric, but uh, he is he is still listed as a, as a pro scout, and he should still be in the organization. So, uh, well, that that's it for your questions, and that's it for episode one fourteen of. Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. I want to thank you for submitting your questions. I want to thank you for uh, uh, taking the time to listen to me ramble here. I, I, I always appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to uh, getting on a plane tomorrow and uh, being in Raleigh, North Carolina on Thursday as the Islanders open the 21-22 NHL season. Again, we're going to try it out on the road and see what we get out of it. And until I talk to you the next time, happy hockey, everybody.